This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. A red flag. Ooh, a red flag is a sign of danger. They're usually found on shooting ranges or flying on military ships. But in recent years, in a sort of urban way, use the term red flags to describe traits or negative traits that someone might have and how these traits might be a sign of danger in a relationship. Red flags are all the ways that we, as humans, miss the mark and don't measure up to society's standards when it comes to being a suitable friend or romantic partner. In fact, there is a game called Red Flags, the game of terrible first dates. <laughs> and because we've done so much serious stuff this morning, we're just going to play a game. But first I have to, I have to teach you how to play. Uh, or at least a version of how to play. So, for example, I'm going to teach you how to play and then we're going to get on with the sermon. The game goes like this. You get two white cards, one red card. The two white cards are great qualities that a human being might have that would make you, that would make you want to date them. And then one red flag, one red card. That's a quality that, you know, might mean danger. And then a bunch of different people, you know, you have a couple of different three sets and then you have to pick which, which individual you're willing to put up with their red flag to date them. So let's play a game, shall we? It's very simple. This person is a millionaire and an amazing cook. Oh, don't we like the sound of that? However, they have a red flag. On your first date, this person refuses to look up from their phone. Oh, oh that got some bad reactions in this room. This, this is person A. Remember person A. Remember person A, the next person, they are the most attractive person you've ever seen. Oh, and your friends and family love them, but this person always smells really bad. <laughs> now, so perhaps you'd like to play a game amongst yourselves, but person A or person B, who are you going to choose? You're going to choose the person who refused to look up. Uh, uh, what do you reckon, Brian, person A or person B? <laughs> Person B, I hope that doesn't say anything about um, Sue's smell. Uh, <laughs> person B, person B. In some sense, we all have red flags. Maybe we think some are worse than others. Maybe some of our red flags cause us to feel guilt or make us feel shame. Maybe we aren't even aware of all the red flags we have. Red flags are everywhere. So today I want to discover how Jesus views these red flags and uh, we're going to be reading from Luke, Luke 7, uh, it's a bit small on the screen so you're willing to turn there in your, in your Bible and I, I do like some, you know, some stories in the Bible are so great because I don't think you need to be a Bible scholar to understand them. Some of these stories, because we're human, I believe we're able to understand them pretty clearly almost straight away because they're very reflective of the lives we live. And I think this is one of those stories. I think when we read it, it becomes very easy to understand. So we're reading from Luke 7, 36 onwards. 
One of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And so Jesus went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, bought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is touching him, for she is a sinner. If Jesus knew what kind of person this was, if Jesus knew all the red flags she had, he wouldn't be letting her touch him because she is a sinner. I think it's good to define what the word sinner here means. It's a common question I'm asked as a, as a associate youth, young adults pastor. Everyone wants to know, well, what's the definition of sin? What, you know, what does it mean to be a sinner? What's the definition of sin? And I think a lot of preachers and theologians come up with very long paragraphs on that definition. But did you know you can go to a Greek, a Greek con concordance and you can actually read what the word means for yourself? So the word sinner here is the word hamatolos, which comes from the word hamatano, which means to miss the mark, to miss the mark, or to be mistaken, or to miss or wander from the path, or to wander from the law of God, i.e. to sin. To be a sinner essentially means that if there is a standard set, if there is a target set, and for Christians we believe that target is set in the word of God, for a Jew it's set in the Old Testament and their laws, for a Christian it's found in the New Testament under the new covenant in things that Jesus instructs of us. And so we, if we are unable to hit that target, if we're unable to measure up, then we have missed the mark and we are a sinner. Now we know... <laughs> that when it comes to like God's standard, well, I, I hope you know, that we all miss the mark. In some sense, we are all sinners. We all miss the mark. We all have red flags. Yet this woman gets labeled a mark misser. She gets labeled a red flag. She gets labeled a sinner. It's also good to wonder why theologians think this woman had that label. Perhaps she had some red flags. The most common understanding that a theologian might say is that this woman was a prostitute, a sinner. Some other theologians might say that she was a drunk or an addict. I want to suppose that because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what her sin was, well, why don't we just say that she was the town gossip? Perhaps she was the town gossip. She was a sinner. She had some red flags. 
Let's keep reading. For she was a sinner. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, which is about a day's, like a one denarii is about a day's wage, so 500 days worth of wage. And the other owed 50. And when they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. So Jesus tells a parable. Let's play another game, shall we? Two individuals, two separate red flags. You go on a date with the first one and they owe you $75,000 and they can't pay you back. That's probably in modern terms what about 500 denarii would be worth, about $75,000 and they can't pay you back. That's the first person. The second person owes you $7,500 and can't pay you back. Well, the better of two evils, I know which one I'm more willing to forgive. (laughs) Although, to be very honest, with that much money, I don't know if I'm willing to forgive either. (laughs) I would rather be single. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus says, the moneylender cancels both their debts. Both people, very different red flags, cancels them both forgives their debts. He says, which one of them do you think will love me more? Well, I suppose the one that you forgived the bigger debt. And Jesus says, you have judged rightly. Jesus cancels debts. Let's keep reading here. You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Simon was the Pharisee, the person whose house he was eating at, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. Jewish custom to enter a house and have your feet washed. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. Jewish custom to greet someone with a kiss when they walk in your door. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. And you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Jesus is a little bit creative here. He knows in Simon's mind he's judging this woman and he's pointing out this woman's red flags. If he knew the red flags that she had, and Jesus sort of flips the script and he's like, Um, Simon, you gave me no water for my feet. This has been a terrible first date. (laughs) You gave me no kiss. You did not anoint my head with oil. You've not been hospitable. You've not honoured me. Simon, you have some red flags. You know, the classic, even if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard this before, you know, Jesus talks about before you point out the speck in someone's eye, take the plank out of your own. Simon, we all have red flags, buddy. Let's keep reading. Therefore, therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little 
loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him, then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We all have red flags. But if we can be like this woman, I believe there's a truth in this story. If we bring God our red flags and experience his forgiveness, the only possible response is love. In talking with many Christians over many years, this I know to be true. When I have met people who have been through very difficult, hard situations, even people who those difficult and hard situations have been fault of their own. When I have met these people and they have come to Jesus with their red flags and experienced his forgiveness, the only possible response is love. I know this to be true. When people come out the other end of a big situation, sometimes of their own fault, they love Jesus more and more and more because what greater response is there to his love and forgiveness but to love him back the woman knew that she had to bring Jesus her red flags in some sense her shame brought her to Jesus's feet where he could transform that shame into glory but Simon had a little bit of pride And his very red flags held him back from honouring Jesus and experiencing his forgiveness. And until he does that, how could he possibly know what it means to love the Christ? I know this personally. Let's play a game. Lewis, well, he owns a jet ski. (laughs) And he's charming, charming, funny, handsome, talented and humble. So, I, <laughs> and s- sadly, I couldn't think of any red flags. No, I did think of some. Uh, 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 it's too much KFC. <laughs> no, I've been a bit too light on myself. Let's be real here. He eats too much KFC, gets very defensive, can be opinionated, swears on occasion, especially in traffic, sometimes gossips. Every intentional mistake I've ever made every unintentional mistake I've ever made. Not love God with whole heart or neighbour as self. And to be very honest, a whole bunch of things that I can't say on the podcast because I don't want it recorded forever. (laughs) But in my life, and I can talk about personal experience, when I have brought my red flags to the feet of Jesus, and experienced his forgiveness, I truly believe that when I've come out the other end, I have only had more love for my king, for my savior, for my friend, for my God. That's my experience. And some of the worst things I've been through, whether at fault of my own and intentional 
or at not fault of my own, unintentional. The more I have experienced Jesus' love and grace and fallen at his feet, all the more I have loved him. If you're in the room and you're struggling to love him, you can bring him your red flags because we all have them. In this life, we're going to have them, a lot of them. But we have to bring them to Jesus. And it's not to say, I do want to say a caveat, it's not to say that I don't think some red flags have grave consequences. There are some red flags that I think should put people in prison. It's just that I believe that Jesus is in prison too. Do you understand? God forgives my red flags and he forgives yours too. And what response could I possibly have but to love him more and more? And I don't have perfume to anoint his feet, but let my prayers rise like incense and my worship be humble and bent over like the woman. I encourage you to bring your red flags to Jesus, even the red flags you are unaware of. And I know that you will experience his grace and I know you will love him all the more. To end, I'm going to read from Isaiah 1.18 in the Lewis Standard Version. Though your red flags are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become white like wool. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.